This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Off the top here today, as mentioned, I want to talk about the flu shot. And I think people who are following the news are maybe getting some uh, conflicting advice here about how to approach this for their kids. Now, recently, there was uh, an option that was rolled out for kids, maybe kids who, who didn't like the needle who might be comfortable with an alternative. It was a a nasal spray, a vaccine, so that uh, kids wouldn't have to get the needle. And maybe that would encourage uh, more kids, more parents to bring their kids uh, to get a flu shot. Now, south of the border this year, it's now being recommended that kids don't get the nasal spray. The kids get the shot. Uh, Studies from the uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have found that flu mist, as it's known, has not protected against certain influenza strains as well as the regular flu shot. Uh, But that would seem to conflict with uh, a study done in Canada earlier this year that found that children vaccinated with the nasal spray were equally protected as those vaccinated with the needle. And so this occurs against, I guess, the, the ongoing debate each year about whether the vaccine itself is going to be effective. And we've had some years recently where that really hasn't been the case. Uh, joining us for some thoughts on all this, very pleased to welcome the program here today, Dr. Danuta Skaronsky, who's epidemiology lead uh, on influenza and emerging respiratory pathogens with the BC Center for Disease Control. Dr. Skaronsky, welcome to the program. Hi there, thank you. Uh, now, I guess each province is going to have to decide on how it approaches this, so I won't ask you to, to comment directly on what may or may not be done in Alberta, but y- your thoughts on what the evidence tells us so far about the efficacy of the, the flu mist, the nasal spray? Okay, well, first off the top, let me say, um, I've been monitoring influenza vaccine effectiveness uh, in Canada for about a decade now, and I think we have to come to recognize and even expect that there is going to be variability in vaccine protection uh, by season, by Mm -hmm. particular subtype of influenza that we're addressing, and even by study setting. That's not unexpected. That doesn't mean that the studies are wrong. Sometimes people hear conflicting and they think that means error, that the, the study findings are incorrect. That's not the case. Influenza is inherently changeable and vaccine performance is highly variable, that also doesn't mean that we should dismiss the value of the vaccine. Now, these vaccine effectiveness numbers, I understand they may be confusing to people, and I I don't think that they should be interpreted literally or absolutely, although I know that tends to happen. But instead, the study findings, the vaccine effectiveness estimates that we're generating should be recognized as a signal, a signal of relatively how well or poorly the vaccine is performing and whether we need to make adjustments either to the vaccine components or to program recommendations on that basis. And we are getting mixed signals about the performance of the live vaccine, which means we should sit up and pay attention to why that may be. And I actually think that Canada's National Advisory Committee on Immunization has struck the right balance in trying to interpret the mixed signals we may be getting in the U.S. versus other countries outside of the U.S., including Canada, but also some European countries, about how well the live vaccine protected particularly one component of the live vaccine, the the H1N1 component. And in Canada, the decision has been, and I think it's a correct one, that there are mixed 
sending signals, but the signals are not strong enough. None of the studies are definitive enough for us to um, make a, a strong statement about whether one vaccine is superior or inferior to the other. When you have evidence that's mixed like that, what do you do? Well, you don't make any bold moves. You gather more evidence, more information. And, and I think that NASI has appropriately balanced those considerations in saying we can continue to use the live vaccine based on the sum total of the evidence available to date. All right. And when you say live vaccine, are you referring to, to the needle or, or does that include this, the nasal spray? Yeah, that's right. So the what we call the live attenuated influenza vaccine or LAVE is what is given by nasal spray. Mm-hmm. The inactivated vaccine requires an injection. And some people are fearful of needles and would otherwise not get vaccinated if the live vaccine, the intranasal option, were not available. And balancing that consideration, although there have been some signals that perhaps for the H1N1 component, the live vaccine did not provide the protection comparable to that of the injectable vaccine. When you balance the considerations overall, in fact, it's better to continue to make that intranasal vaccine still available uh, to the Canadian public. And in fact, outside of the U.S., the overall protection provided by that uh, intranasal vaccine was comparable to the inactivated vaccine. Uh, overall, consistently, however, there was lower protection for the intranasal vaccine against one component, the H1N1 component. In Canada, in the United Kingdom, in Finland, it was reduced, but still the protection was around 40 to 50 percent against H1N1 with the intranasal vaccine, which is pretty much what we expect now for influenza vaccine. In the United States, however, the protection that they measured for the H1N1 component of the intranasal vaccine was essentially zero. Now, that's a signal that clearly they need to investigate and work out. It wasn't seen elsewhere. We saw some reduction, but not no protection like they observed in the United States. And that's why their recommendation is understandably different in the U.S. than what we have recommended in Canada, the U.K. and uh, Europe otherwise. Well, the point's been raised about this Canadian study, which in fact was just published last month, uh, that uh, that this was a a compelling study, that this was a a relatively large and a well-designed study uh, that that should be convincing and compelling from from the CDC's perspective south of the border. But what's your sense on, on how strong the evidence is in this most recent study? Oh, well, there have been several studies actually this year that we have assessed, both published and unpublished, in trying to understand this issue. Um, One of the studies I think you may be referring to is the paper by Mark Loeb, Mm -hmm. where he was assessing in Hutterite communities and had done a a kind of a randomized control trial. But that was referring to previous seasons uh, back up until about uh, 2014-15. It did not, unfortunately, 
definitely address the most recent season. And in Mark Loeb's study, he found that overall there was no evidence of superiority or that live, the intranasal vaccine was better than the inactivated vaccine, but nor did he find compelling evidence that it was worse. So he was sort of in a position like Canada's uh, advisory committee has arrived at, that it was sort of equipoise. Uh, There was no strong reason to recommend one vaccine over the other, uh, live uh, intranasal or injected vaccine. But like I said, his study only went up until the season before last, and where the concern has arisen in the United States was in last season. And for last season, we have assessed multiple studies, like I said, other studies in Canada, one of the studies that I run, uh, the United Kingdom, Finland, we did not find that the results were as desperately low as they found in the United States. We found some reduction in protection for the H1N1 component, but like I said, it was still hovering around 40 to 50 percent in children for that intranasal vaccine, which isn't as high as it was for the injectable vaccine in kids, but was comparable, in fact, to what has been found for the injectable vaccine in adults for H1N1 and overall, frankly, for influenza vaccine performance. So I think Canada's NACI, again, National Advisory Committee on Immunization, again, has struck the right balance. It's paying attention to these signals that are emerging. It's saying we shouldn't push one vaccine over the other, nor should we pull uh, a vaccine option that may be very important to Mm -hmm. some people who don't want to receive an injection. Well, and, and does that include adults? I understand flu mist particularly. It's approved for up to age 49, I believe. Uh, Uh, Is it an option available for adults? It's actually approved for um, older than 49 years in Canada. It is available for um, um, adults in Canada. Uh, We've long, however, recognized that there have been signals that the live vaccine may not perform as well in adults as the injectable vaccine, and that may be a pattern that we're starting to see also now in kids emerging uh, for that H1N1 component. But we still make it available to adults who might not otherwise get vaccine, again, because they are loath to receive um, a needle. Uh, So it's consistent. What we are saying for children is what we are saying and have been saying for some time for adults. All right. And as we head into the flu season, I mean, do do you think that that we have a a handle on the the strains that are likely to dominate this year? Any sense of of what this flu season is shaping up to be like? I wouldn't say there are any uh, concerning signals or surprises. The WHO has made its best assessment of what the strains are that are likely to be circulating going into this flu season, and our team and others have not yet picked up any signals of concern related to that. But, you know, with influenza vaccine, you never really know until it's over, and even then you can't be sure because influenza virus is so changeable. A new variant could um, arise through the flu season, but so far um, we're not picking up any uh, signals of concern going into the season. All right. Very important uh, information. Dr. Skorowski, thank you so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate this. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take care. Dr. Dino Skorowski with the BC Centre for Disease Control on how we're handling things in Canada. So taking a different approach than they are south of the border uh, in that there's still a belief in the efficacy of the uh, nasal spray vaccine. And for now, they're going to approach it that way, that uh, neither vaccine is going to be discouraged or one is not going to be encouraged over the other, but that they continue to uh, monitor the the evidence gathered. 
So something to consider as we head into flu season. Uh, so the nasal mist will still be available as an option for kids or for that matter, I guess, even for adults uh, who prefer not to get uh, a needle injection. We're going to take a break here. We'll come back. Some more thoughts on this. We'll set up our next hour for you. It's afternoons on News Talk 770. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.